1 through 5, Galatians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. Amen. Praise God. It's good to see some folks. It's good to see Brother Gilbert Hernandez. I haven't seen you in a while. Man, it's good to see you in the house of God tonight. Amen. And you're, you're in your spot there, Brother Gilbert. Praise God. He's been connected to us. I know that because of his comments and what have you via social media and what have you online. But we're thankful that he's in the house of God with us tonight, along with all of his guests. Amen. Clap your hands unto the Lord and thank the Lord together. Praise God. God, you're worthy. You're great. You're awesome. You're in this house. Amen. Galatians chapter 2. Verse number one, then 14 years after I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and took Titus, everyone say Titus, took Titus with me also. And I went up by revelation and communicated unto them that gospel, which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to them, which were of reputation, lest by any means I should run or had run in vain, but neither Titus who was with me being a Greek was compelled to be circumcised, and that because of false brethren unawares brought in who came in privily to spy out our liberty, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage, to whom we gave place by subjection, no, not for an hour, for the truth of the gospel, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. Praise God. Paul's talking about the council that takes place in Acts chapter number 15. He's talking about the expansion of the church, difficulties that have arisen because of that expansion and that growth. And Titus is a key player in this. And so he speaks about him specifically. And so I'm going to be focusing my attention on Titus, who is the troubleshooter. Titus, the troubleshooter. Lord, we thank you and praise you. We ask that you would direct us tonight. We give to you many, many thanks. Thank you for your presence in the house of God, all these people that have gathered together on a Tuesday night. We pray that your word would bring encouragement and strength. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Praise God. The spread of the gospel to Antioch is a great theme in the book of Acts. Of course, we know the book of Acts starts by saying... Jesus says to the disciples, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, in Judea, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And so there is an expansion. In Acts chapter 2, there's an, there's an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. People come uh, from all around. They're in the area because of Pentecost. And so they see what happens as people spill out of an upper room and the Holy Ghost is being poured out. And so the church begins to expand and it grows. There are large numbers that respond. Acts chapter 11, verse number 19, we get a snapshot of this. Verse number 19 of Acts chapter 11, now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that rose about Stephen traveled as far as Phenis and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to none but only the Jews only. Some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Then tidings of these things came unto the ears 
of the church which was in Jerusalem, and they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch, who when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord, for he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people, much people was added unto the Lord. Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul, and when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch, and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people, and the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. So from Jerusalem, when the outpouring occurred in this passage, it talks about the outpouring and the growth being to the Jews, but it spread beyond just the Jews and it spread outward, and here in the city of Antioch, there's an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Barnabas is sent there to uh, view what is taking place, and then he goes from Antioch. He seeks out Saul. Saul spends some time in Antioch, and there is a great move of the Holy Ghost, not only among the Jews, but among the Gentiles. And this is a big, big deal because it separates that old covenant in the Old Testament in which it was a Jewish generated and specific thing, though the promise to Abraham was not that it would just be retained to the Jews, but it would be to all people. Here in the book of Acts, we see the fulfillment of what God promised to Abraham. But because there was such an ingrained thinking in the mind of the Jews and that Jewish mentality... The, the beginning of the church happened only among the Jewish people, but as it began to spread, the Holy Ghost was being poured out upon all people. Acts chapter 2 and 8 and chapter 10, the Holy Ghost falls on the Gentiles and they start talking in tongues just like they did in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. And so this movement and this explosion of a new birth experience, it was very prevalent and it became very clear this was not just to one group of people but this promise that God made all the way in the beginning to Abraham was to be poured out to every body that it would break down every barrier that it would break down every race that it would break down every creed Amen. The new birth experience is for every body. And Jesus telegraphed this when he told the disciples, I want you to go into all the world. Praise God. I want you to make disciples. I want you to baptize. Amen. There's going to be a power and a new birth experience that takes place that is going to be every and for everybody. It's going to be for every body. Amen. God is not exclusive and thank God he's not. I want the church to look like my community. Amen. I want everybody to know that you have a place in the house of God because God's doing great things among everybody. And so there is a growth. There's an expansion. Things are happening in Antioch and Gentiles are receiving the Holy Ghost. And so obviously this creates some conflict. There's a reactionary wing of the Jerusalem church that wanted to demand circumcision and food laws for Greek believers. That's what we read in the text. Paul said, we went. Titus, he was not circumcised. He didn't feel the need to be circumcised because God was doing a thing among the Gentiles. And so in Acts chapter 15, they all came together. They came together in Jerusalem. Paul was there. There was a group that came to 
this council in Acts chapter 15, and they talked about all of this, and they made this decision. This was a very, very important decision in the book of Acts, Acts chapter number 15, verse 23. And they wrote letters by them after this manner. The apostles and elders and brethren send greeting unto the brethren which are of the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia. For as, This is a letter that they have written and they're sending it out. For as much as we have heard that certain which went out from us have troubled you with words subverting your souls saying, you must be circumcised and keep the law to whom we gave no such commandment. It seemed good to us being assembled with one accord to send chosen men unto you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men that have hazarded their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have sent therefore Judas and Silas, who shall also tell you the same things by mouth. For it seemed good to the Holy Ghost and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things, that you abstain from meats offered to idols and from blood and from things strangled and from fornication, from which if you keep yourselves, you shall do well, fare ye well. And so it was at this moment in Acts chapter number 15 with the growth and expansion and the conflict and the difficulties that were arising in the new formed church that the church was not only for Jews and it did not need all of the Old Testament laws of circumcision and dietary items, but it would be something that would be open to the Gentiles. And so from that growth and that expansion, you see Paul doing missionary journeys, churches being established, and Titus is one of his inner circle. Titus was of a strong disposition from the beginning in Paul's missionary delegation. He became a person that would go and would troubleshoot. He would, he would solve problems. And he would find himself in very difficult situations. For example, the Corinthian church was an absolute mess with many, many problems. It had schisms. Schisms means break off one group here, one group there, one of Apollos, one of Paul, one of Jesus. They were all working against each other. They were full of immorality. They had an inflated sense of spirituality. They were puffed up. They were prideful. And so Paul sent Timothy. Timothy was not as strong, apparently, as Titus. He didn't have the same disposition, and they, they didn't treat Timothy well. They didn't treat Paul well, the one that founded the congregation. And so Paul sent a severe letter, and he sent the severe letter by the hand of Titus. Titus was able to make some headway in Corinth, and things righted, and things changed, and revival broke out. And, and so Titus was part of his inner circle. He was of strong disposition. He was in very difficult environments, and yet God used him. And one of the assignments that Paul uh, assigned Titus was to the island of Crete. And this was no small task and very unpromising, unpromising. And so Paul said, Titus, I'm sending you to the island of Crete, and I want you to set some things in order. I want you to straighten some things out because it is unpromising. It is a mess. Amen. But I have confidence in you. 
And so I want you to go there and I want you to set some things in order. Titus chapter 1 and verse number 5, this is what Paul told Titus. For this cause left I thee in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are wanting and ordain elders in every city as I had appointed thee. Verse number 10, he said, For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. This is the situation in which Titus is stepping into. Titus appoint elders in each city. These people are stuck and they're stuck in trouble. There's problems from within. There's problems from without. And it's very hard to move them off of carnality. And so Titus is stepping into Crete. And he's stepping into this environment. They have even boasted about their carnality. Verse number 12. One of themselves, even a prophet of their own, said, The Cretans are always liars, evil beasts slow bellies, meaning they were gluttonous. They, they were only focused on pleasure. This witness, this witness is true. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith. So Titus is stepping into an environment like this. This is not an easy environment to step into. This is not a revival church. This is a church that's got a lot of problems and a lot of difficulties. And so Titus is stepping into that environment. And he's all alone. And he has to set some things in order. But there is something obviously that is burning in the life of Titus, a person of strong disposition that no matter what he faces, revival is not dictated to him by his environment or the people in the environment. Revival comes straight out of his heart and straight out of his spirit. And I'm preaching to you here tonight. I'm teaching you tonight. There has to be something within us that says it doesn't matter what environment we get thrust into. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. My environment doesn't dictate to me but what dictates to me is the power of the Holy Ghost I've got a strong disposition I've got a confidence in the Lord amen and so he steps into this environment where they are they are bragging they are bragging about the fact that they are liars Amen. Praise God. They're, bla they're bragging about the fact that they only pursue pleasure. Praise God. This is, this is ladies and gentlemen, this is, this is not the secular people in Crete. This is the people in the church in Crete. Praise God. We don't want a church like that. We want a church of spiritual people full of the Holy Ghost that is seeking revival. Praise God. It's really, really hard. It would be really, really hard to get anywhere if everybody was carnal. You had carnal people. You had carnal musicians. You had carnal choir, carnal chorale, carnal everything. We wouldn't be accomplishing anything. Thank God there are people that have an understanding and a sensitivity that what we need is a move of God in the world that we live in and in our community. We must have the power of the Holy Ghost. 
Praise God, but Titus is stepping into a church. When he preaches, nobody responds. When he preaches and he teaches, there's no response at all. And so he steps into this environment. Titus chapter 1 verse 15, unto the pure all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure, but even their mind and conscience is defiled. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny him being abominable and disobedient and unto every good work reprobate. Titus, you're stepping into Crete and the Cretans and the church in Crete. You are stepping into a mess with a lot of problems. But Titus, I want you to be a trouble shooter. Don't be a trouble starter. Don't be a trouble companion. Don't be a trouble apologist. But I want you to be a trouble shooter. Don't be the problem. Don't add to the problem. Don't create the problem. Don't be absorbed by the problem. But Titus, step in there and fix the problem. Praise God. God's still looking for people that are not adding to the problems. But they're there to fix the problems. Because everything is at stake. Praise God. Everything is at stake. If the church is not powerful, then we're losing ground. But if the church is powerful, then we're gaining ground. The church was never supposed to go backwards. It was never supposed to be neutral. It was supposed to go forward. A powerful church is where I want my family. A powerful church is where I want my children. I don't want carnality in my church. I want power in my church. Titus, <laughs> you're not going to accomplish anything if you go in there and create problems. Fix the problem. Solve the problem. Troubleshoot the problem. What that means is you're a mediator of disputes that are in, at an impasse. And you're a person skilled at solving or anticipating problems or difficulties. This is where Titus steps into the environment on the island of Crete. And he becomes a troubleshooter with some skills to employ. How are you going to fix this mess here, Titus, in your church in Crete? <laughs> what, what tools are you going to have at your disposal to pull this thing out of difficulty and failure and bring about a move of the Holy Ghost and see God do great things. Well, there were some skills that he employed and Paul gave him some, some instructions and he said this, this was one of them, use wisdom in appointing elders in every city. If any be blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of right or unruly, for a bishop must be blameless as the steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker, not given to filthy lucre, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, <clears throat> holy, temperate, holding fast the faithful words as he has been taught that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. Titus, when you get there, what you need to do, you need to use wisdom. You need to find some elders 
And the elders he's talking about are people of character. And they have these attributes. They're sober. They're just. They're holy. They're temperate. They, they, they hold fast the faithful words. They're blameless. They're not self-willed. They're not soon angry. They're not given to wine. They're, they're no striker. They don't have anger problems. They're not given to filthy lucre. They're not doing what they're doing for the sake of money. They're not in rioting and they're not unruly, but they are, they are people of character. And so in order for you to turn the ship, you got a wis- you have to use wisdom to find people that are strong and have some character. The church is only going to be as strong as people that are described here. If you're ever going to make a dent on the island of Crete, if you're ever going to turn and right the ship, and if there's ever going to be a move from carnality to a re- revival you got to keep preaching sound doctrine and you got to find people that are anchors that believe in sound doctrine and no matter what comes their way they're still going to trust in God if nothing is moving they're still anchored in the doctrine knowing there's coming a day in which it's going to move it might not be moving right now but it's coming because the word does not return void find somebody like that that can stand flat-footed and say nothing it's happening right now but tomorrow and next week and next month it's gonna happen and even if it takes another year to happen I'll still be here because I'm hanging on to sound doctrine it's not about what I feel it's about the word of God it's about the doctrine I'm going to be established on that. I'm going to hang in here until something does happen. Eventually, some people may fall off and some new ones may come in. But I'm going to make sure I'm anchored in sound doctrine. Amen. Praise God. And I'm going to trust God when nothing is happening. And it feels like my prayers are bouncing back to me. You got to use wisdom and find people like that. You got to find people like that. Paul said, have courage to silence the Judaizers. The Judaizers. They were people that demanded that the Gentiles be circumcised. Titus chapter 1 verse 13. This witness is true. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith. Titus 3 verse 1, put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work, to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. Praise God. Titus, you're going to have to have some courage. You've got to have some wisdom to find people of character, and you've got to focus on them and put your confidence in them and lean on them because they get it. And there's some people that are in your church, Titus and Crete, they are not going to get it. They're just not going to get it. They're not interested in it. They're not going to get it. But you got to use wisdom to find the people that do get it. And you got to make sure sound doctrine is anchored in there. There's always going to be people that are on the fringes. There's always going to be people that are going to push every hot button. They're going to push against everything. But you can't waste too much time on those individuals. you got to find individuals of character because the engine that is going to be fueled with power and authority is going to come from people of character. And when, when you find those people and you're attached to those people, even if 
if it's just a few. It's going to give you the, the ability to do the next step, which is to have some courage to stand up in the face of adversity and say, uh, we're not putting up with this. This is not something that was agreed upon in the Acts chapter 15 council. The Jews can be circumcised if they would like, but the Gentiles, it was agreed. That's not something that we're going to do and God's going to keep moving and we're not going to allow that. You're going to have to have courage in the midst of opposition. It's the same today, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to take people with some courage to stand up and be counted and say, I am a child of God. I don't care what the environment is and what the pressure is, whether I'm at school or on the job or wherever I am. I'm a child of God. I'm going to have some courage to have some boldness to take a stand. I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. I'm not intimidated. Praise God. I won't be quiet because I've got a testimony and I'm going to talk about the goodness of God. I may lose my job because of it, but I'm still going to have courage and trust God that he's going to open up another door for me. Praise God. In the face of opposition, you got to have courage. Titus, you need to address the needs of each socio-cultural group with sensitivity and sound teaching. Titus chapter 2 and verse number 1. Speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. This is a common refrain. Titus, you're going to have to have sound doctrine. If you're going to survive Crete, you got to have sound doctrine. If you're going to survive the west side, you better have sound doctrine. If you're going to survive on the east side, you better have sound doctrine. If you're going to survive in Bakersfield, you better have sound doctrine. If you're going to be an apostolic church in our culture and in our day, it's going to be because there is sound doctrine. So speak things which become sound doctrine. That the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith and charity and patience. Titus, you're going to have to speak to people that are above your peer group. Amen. And you're going to have to talk to the aged men. You're going to have to talk to the aged women. Likewise, that they in behavior becometh holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Young men, likewise, exhort to be sober-minded in all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works, in doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. Not only men, aged men, aged women, young women, young men, exhort servants to be obedient unto their own masters and to please them well in all things, not answering again, not purloining, but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. He's looking at every category and every group. You can't focus on one group. You got to focus on everybody, Titus. Praise God. You got to find people with wisdom that are going to connect the sound doctrine. You got to have courage and then you got to speak to everybody 
every group in the church and let them know that there is a plan of God for their lives. There's a plan for the elderly. There's a plan for the middle age. There's a plan for young people. There's a plan for children. You got to cover it all. There's a plan for servants. There's a plan for masters. There's a plan for those that have and those that have not. And you got to preach that and you got to constantly portray that. You know what we were doing here tonight with all of these kids? We were letting kids know that there is an opportunity. Kids in Christ's kingdom, there's an opportunity to exhort. You have a place here. There's an opportunity to sing. You can worship here. We do the same thing with young people. We do the same thing with men and women. Everybody has to be integrated and engaged and activated in the house of God. Nobody is left aside. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm elderly. I'm, I'm, I'm beyond my, my significance. No, you're not. You're a child. If you're here in the house of God tonight, you're here. And because you're here, we're better because you're here. Nobody gets left behind. Everybody matters. So Titus, you got to cover every single demographic, every single group, because if this thing is going to work, it's going to work together as an engine that is, is motivated together. Titus chapter 3 and verse 1, put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work, to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. For we ourselves were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers' lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another, but after the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared and gave to us an to reject that old lifestyle and to take on a new lifestyle of the kingdom of God. Titus, you got to step in there and you got to be sober and you got to recognize where you are, but your mind has to be fixed upon the work of God and the kingdom of God so that nothing draws you away because there's going to be a lot of things that can draw you away from your focus. And so in Titus chapter 3 and verse 9, he said, avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentions and strivings about for the law for they are unprofitable and vain a man that is a heretic after the first and second admonition reject knowing that he is such is subverted and sinneth being condemned to himself Titus you gotta stay focused you gotta stay focused there's a lot of stuff that's going to try to distract you but if you can remain focused God's going to do something on the island of Crete where everybody else said it's an impossibility because those people don't even want God but Titus if you may remain strong if you go in there and you troubleshoot some things and you let God do a work in your life there's going to be a shaking if it's established on sound doctrine even when you're in an unprofitable promising setting. Just stay true to the word and watch God do great things. You know what? There are people, there are naysayers that will look at us and say it's unpromising. There's no way it could be done. It's too hard. It's too difficult. We've been trying to do the same thing and we tried this and we tried that and it didn't work. It's unpromising. I want you to know something. As long as we're established on sound doctrine and we're looking through the lens of God, everything that looks unpromising can be promising because God is in it. When you get discouraged, just keep trusting God. It looks unpromising, but God knows what he's doing. 
Praise God, I feel like preaching this for a few moments here tonight. There seems to be this weight and this cloud that tries to slow people down and strip them of their anointing and their fervor and their intensity and their passion. But I'm preaching to you tonight. You keep holding on to sound doctrine. You keep praying. You keep using wisdom. You keep being courageous. You have some courage because God's going to do it. You're stepping into a world where it feels like the entire world is against you. Amen. As musicians come tonight, it's unpromising. This is the setting that you're in. Praise God. But you know what? Titus was able to accomplish great things, and Paul continually talked about the work in his ministry because he was a troubleshooter. Amen. The world needs, here's the, here's the thrust of the message here tonight. The world needs troubleshooters, not trouble starters. <laughs> troubleshooters. There's going to be trouble starters. You better have some courage to stand up to the trouble starter and say, uh-uh, not here. <laughs> not on my watch and not in my backyard. Why? Because revival is too important to me. Praise God. You're not going to come in here and tear up stuff and talk about everybody and gossip and create a bunch of problems and difficulties and grind the wheels of the gospel. We've got too much at stake. Praise God. There's got to be a troubleshooter that steps in and says, you know what? I'm not a person of unbelief and doubt and fear and anxiety. I'm a person of faith and I believe that God's going to do great things. If it's not fixed, it will get fixed. If it's not done, it will get done. If I don't see it, I'm going to see it because I'm a person of faith. world may be unpromising, but God desires to turn what is unpromising on its head. There's something good and profitable coming through the action of people who see clearly. You can't step into the island of Crete without an intensity and a passion and a focus that is razor sharp because everything is coming against you and everything is coming your way. <laughs> Titus chapter 3 and verse number 5 says... Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he has saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Amen. This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. Amen. Titus, you're stepping into an unpromising place. But, but what I'm giving to you is the tools and the ability to step into that place and bring something of value. What are you bringing to the unpromising place? Praise God. My goodness, some people are like a broken record. Every time you talk to them, it's the same old, same old, same old. They're caught in a vicious cycle of complaints, <clears throat> dissatisfactions. They're in a washing machine. What are you bringing into the unpromising place? 
you're living in an unpromising place, you've got to start injecting something in there more than what you're doing because you're not getting out of it. You're stuck in a rut and you're stuck on carnality like the Cretans. To get out of that, you've got to inject something that is more than what you're doing. Titus, can you step into Crete, which is an unpromising place, and can you bring the promise? He stepped into Crete and he said, I'm coming with sound speech that cannot be condemned. I'm coming with sound doctrine. I'm coming with faith. I'm coming with the word. I'm coming with a positive attitude that's attached to the Holy Ghost. And God's going to do great things. If you're going to get out of an unpromising place, you got to put some faith in. a God that knows how to right this ship, turn this stuff around, and bring faith, hope, confidence, and trust into the mix. There's going to be healing that comes in this place. There's going to be salvation that comes on this island. There's going to be redemption that comes. promising place. Praise God. Some of you have started ministries and you know what? There's always going to be naysayers. That won't work. It's not going to happen. Nobody's interested in that. You know what you got to do? You got to say, I'm bringing something to the unpromising place and I'm bringing a call of God in my life to a place that I feel like God's going to do great things. I'm stepping out in faith. I'm stepping across the boundaries of comfort and I'm saying, Lord, I'm going to put you to the test. I want you to help me. Help me with a Bible study. Let me put something in an unpromising place. Let me teach at the homeless shelter. I'm putting something in an unpromising place. I want to be involved in Project 39. Help me put something in an unpromising place. I, I refuse to sit on a church pew and gripe and complain. But God activate me to do something in the kingdom of God. Going into Crete. 
Titus didn't go in there saying, you know what, I don't think this is possible. Look at these people. I don't think this is, there, there is no way, Paul, that I'm going to ever accomplish anything. These people are slow bellies, whatever that means. They're gluttonous, slow bellies, evil beasts, liars. Look at all this mess. Nothing's going to happen here. Titus didn't do that. And yet that's the human inclination. Our human inclination is to focus on all the stuff that's not going right. There's stuff in this service here tonight that didn't go right for me. But I'm not focusing on the one tree in the garden of so many trees that God planted in the whole garden. And all I can focus on is the one that God said don't mess with. There's too many other trees to focus on rather than focusing on the one negativity. You gotta get off of the negativity and you gotta get in the realm of revival. Amen. Nudge your neighbor and tell them be a troubleshooter, be a problem solver, be a world changer. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Why? Because revival's breaking out. That's why. The word of God is breaking out.